What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 Power Star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 174 are open. This week on the show, we're talking about some small amount of news that's come out. Not a whole lot. It's early February, Bryce. Not much is going on. No, not until the end of February. And the talk all about that is Bryce, shiny Charizard pulling DeWitt. <laughs> How you going, mate? Wow, okay, that's a nice title. It is, isn't it? Mm, yeah. It's mm, a very nice mm, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much better, yeah. Yeah, so on the, uh, well, last week, you were showing off your new card on Twitter. Holy shit, yes. Mm. And the, the funniest thing about it, everyone, is that, like, after he pulled it, he gave me a ring and I missed it. Like, I just heard the phone vibrating in the kitchen. And my, I went to my phone and there was a message just saying... Like, holy shit, ring or something. I forgot what it was. It was like, ring now or something. Or pick up, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, pick up. I'm like, oh shit. Like, I thought he had like a, I actually, the first thing I thought was like, has he had has, has he had a car, car accident or something? Like, he needs someone to come and get him. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> so I ring back straight away. And he's pulled a shiny Charizard card. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, mm. Thank God for that. That is the best turnout of events um, that yeah. could have happened. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, you know, with obviously the massive Pokemon scarcity at the moment, I was sort of like, mm, you know, I'll pick it up where pick them up where I can. And it just so happened that EB Games got some stock back in on Champions Path, and I hadn't touched Champions Path at all yet. And yeah. it was a set where I was like, yeah, you know, there's a Gardevoir card in there I'd like, and like all that nice stuff. And um, I got to pack seven out of eight. I got halfway through the halfway through the count. And then I accidentally slipped the back out and saw a silver shine. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I finished off the rest of it. And it was the shiny Charizard. Yeah, because you put me on you put me on FaceTime and this uh, <laughs> when he wasn't talking, he's like running around looking for sleeves or whatever. And I could just hear it's <laughs> 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 like hyperventilating. It was <laughs> he's like so it excited. F- it freaked me out. Because I I like, you know, I'd, with the TCG online. Uh, the the code cards are stupid cheap. So like I've seen I've seen that card sort of come through a couple times before, maybe once or twice. Really on on the on TCG. the TCG online. Yeah, 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 right, I, yeah. I got heaps. Um, and then it was sort of like, oh, <laughs> I, I freaked I freaked right out because I had to, you know, think about the cost that I've spent on the TCG online. You know, not spent a decent amount on that, but how much it would have actually costed to pull something like that in the amount of cards that I pulled it from Champions Path. Yeah. Like heaps. So when I looked up the rates and like the testing rates and stuff like that, the card is one in 274 boosters. That's a fucking lot of booster packs. <laughs> you know, it, let's is, let's yeah. let's pretend that card games have pity in their booster packs and you pulled it at the end of 274 booster packs. Like, you know, that's still nearly two grand. Mm. In in booster packs alone, yeah, and just for people that aren't into the card game, which a lot of people probably aren't, mm. um, why were you so excited to pull it? What's so special about the shiny Charizard card? It's worth money. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so yeah, as as most people will know, even if you're not related to the TCG or whatever, it's obviously booming at the moment, and everybody's collection uh, collections just about doubled. Yeah, um, Charizard cards are famously, you know. Expensive cards, and they always have been, I guess. They've always been like the, I want that card, card. Um, so for me to pull this out was sort of like, it's worth more than I've spent on TCG. Like, 
in total across everything, including the stuff that we've pre-ordered. Um, mm. So uh, when I did a price check, I think it was ungraded. It was 500 Australian dollars. Uh, a PSA 8 uh, is 600. A PSA 9 can go anywhere from, I think it's about 750 to $1,000. And a PSA 10 goes for about $1.5,000. It's a lot of money in one fucking piece of tiny cardboard. Yeah. So what's your plan? Are you holding on to it or are you selling it? Uh, I've, I've ordered um, like a screw down, a screw down case, like a hard case for it. I'm going to put it in there, hard screw it down, not touch it, leave it, let it simmer. I'll simmer it for a long time. <laughs> and if uh, it happens, it sort of comes out at any value, then that's when I'll sell it. But like, you know, that's the thing with um, those cards too, is just thinking about the first edition Charizard and all that stuff. It was a limited set it come from. This has also come from a limited set with no uh, booster, box, uh, booster box purchasable. Yeah. Um, so similar to the one that we're pulling, you can only uh, get the booster packs from like blisters or elite trainer boxes, which are expensive uh, for what you're paying for, really. So, yeah, it was quite a shock, really, I guess. So, yeah, I'll hold on to it, let it simmer, see what happens it's a bit from a limited set. So it's bound to be an expensive card and yeah. Who knows? Might pay a mortgage one day. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. So in a few years, you might be like, all right, Drew, I'm moving. Um, well, I bought a mansion in the Gold Coast. <laughs> uh, catch you later, mate. I don't know about that much. You yeah. leave me here in this little tiny house of Mario all by myself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Reggie would have gone with you because he's, he's like, take me with you for goodness sakes. <laughs> the only problem um, the only problem is, is that, and we both looked at it, the centering of the card is off. And that's probably the only real bad mistake with it so i'm thinking be anywhere between an eight and a nine for sure but um yeah hopefully a nine that'd be nice still go for a bit of money i looked i looked at a uh a nine unlimited unlimited set which is like the set that come which was the base set but it was out of first print yeah uh, for the charizard and even a nine mint for that goes for 40k so yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a card. So it's sort of yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm very conscious about and I think you are too. Very conscious about how much in value these cards have gone up over the years. Um, obviously when we were kids we didn't think much of it. No, but you know we might as well think about it now if, we, if we're going to start doing TCG. So yeah, let's hope. Yeah, mm. very, let's, let's hope. Very very proud owner. <laughs> It's currently stashed away in a nice secure box on its own, like with foam underneath it, and, you know, all that nice stuff yeah. to keep the it The main good. thing is keep it away from the kids. That's right. For yeah. the love of God. But that's why I'm getting a screw down case <laughs> because if I get a screw down case, at least, you know, um, it'll be secure. And if they do get a hold of it, they're not going to be able to get it out. They'll be smashing it on the road trying to get it, <laughs> get it out. <laughs> 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 yeah, but the card still won't lose value. Yeah. It'll just be the casing. Then I just have to replace the casing. Yeah. Unless they manage to actually smash it right <laughs> open and get it out. Treat it like mm. a walnut. Just trying to get and crack, crack, crack. <laughs> get it out. <laughs> but yeah. No. Very exciting. And hopefully we get something nice like that come our stream on February 19th. Yeah. Around that weekend. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. You will. You'll pull. You'll pull it. You've got the luck. I don't have any luck. Yeah, you'll okay. say that, and then you'll pull two of them. Then just watch. 
Mm. It'll happen. So the main thing is like my luck seems to be in Pokemon Go. So um, the the TCG, not so much. Yeah. You're like, I'm like looking at you. I'm like, fuck you and your shinies this past week. Yeah. No, it's been really great. (laughs) Ridiculous. I've I've pulled one shiny and it was in the fucking card game. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay though. I can't sell my Roselia. No, that's right. Or your Ninkata or your two Kyogre. Yeah. Because um, in Pokemon Go, for those that don't know, it's um, they're currently counting down to the first region being Kanto for Kanto Week on the twentieth of uh, February next next uh, month. Yep. And uh, this week was Ho- the Holland celebration, and Holland's um, probably my favourite region out of uh, all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually been blessed with some shiny luck. Had two shiny Ky- Kyogre from raids, a Ninkata, a Torchic, yeah. Roselia. Um, so yeah, You're I'm lucky, happy with that. Lucky bastard. <laughs> Cause but, like, and again, you've always been lucky with shinies and go. I could never, never get them to work in my favor. I still remember that um, anniversary community day, and I got like one Swinub. Yeah, <laughs> and you got like fucking several shinies. Mm. I'm like, fuck off. Got like a Mudkip and two Trico, and yeah, and I'm like, oh my god. And all I've got to show for it is a friggin' Swinub. Because <laughs> I was actually missing Torchic, so I was really happy that I finally found that. Because I was actually like looking for it. Yeah, came yeah. out with. Really bad IVs, but it's a different color. That's cool enough. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Actually, got a, in a four star grout on as well from yes. a raid. Yeah, you did. Which yeah. is really cool. Got a hundo there. A hundo. 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 No shundo though. No shundo. I really wanted the shiny grout on the pair of my Kyogres, but yeah. Are those raids off now? Yeah, they're gone. Uh, yeah. It's a Johto really? celebration on the Tuesday. This podcast launches. So now, see this, this here, this. Mm, mm. That's 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 the week I care about. Okay. Yeah. Well, I should have. I should have cared more about Gen Five, but unfortunately, I just didn't have the time. And like, I was really busy that week, so I was yeah. like, mm, "Shame, <laughs> shame." It's a shame. Yeah, and it's cool too because um, the road, uh, not the road, the raid rotations. They're going to be the the uh, three beasts as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah. I actually don't have them in Pokemon Go, so that's going to be cool to actually be able to go out and do some raids. Yeah. Even though I spent a lot of like coins on raid passes past week mm. yeah but that's okay we all did yeah <laughs> i think we all did i think everybody was sort of hunting especially since they're like a really strong sets of legendaries too mm. in go kyogre is one of the best water types yeah in the game to use for raids so yeah mm. yeah no i'm just like you know they've constant with pokemon go they've constantly just got stuff happening so you're always Logging in and checking it out. There's no like downtime, which is really, oh. which is really you know great for a game like that. So yeah, for sure, enjoying it quite a bit. You've been mm. playing um, anything else? I, I, like honestly, I've just been sort of been doing stuff around the house. Like we caught up on the weekend. We had a good night out. We did, yeah. Um, but apart from that, it's just been with my phone. It's always on me. So I've been playing Pokemon Go and mm. stuff like that on my phone, but not so much on Switch. Apart from just my. My usuals, really, so... Yeah, yeah. I haven't played many games either, really. Mm. I sort of just... Um, I know that uh, uh, a trailer hit for Japan for Nintendo for Genshin. Yep. Um, so I put a, I invested a little bit more time in Genshin. I'm really hoping that um, it does support cross-save because I know it doesn't with PlayStation 4 because mm. PlayStation 4 is... <laughs> Because you sign up with your PSN account and that sort of locks you out of doing the other yeah. stuff on other Which is why I don't sign it in anything with PlayStation anymore until I know it's going to be free. Well, that's the thing. You know, you've you've learnt with Fortnite. Don't log in with your PSN. Yeah, yeah. And I'll never do it again. No, not until... 
I can be certain that it's going to work every time. And unfortunately with Genshin, um, you know, if you do that, you'll get locked. So <laughs> I'm kind of just hoping um, it supports the um, the sort of cross-save with the platform and all that stuff because I can play on my PC and I can play on my phone and I could shit play on my iPad and, you know, it's fine. But as soon as I sign into PlayStation, I don't want that shit to go away. And I'd like to be able to use all the progress that I've already made on my Switch because, to be honest with you, like the game is a grind. Oh, yeah. You don't want to start that stuff again. <laughs> no way. It's a great game um, with you know, flaws, but most gachas do. But in terms of in terms of it being a gacha and free to play, it's a very impressive game. Yeah. Um and I think it would pair pretty pretty well on the Switch considering what we know about Breath of the Wild and how that's performed on it and stuff like that. But yeah, the time invested is uh definitely high on my account already, so I'd rather not restart that all over again. Mm. Actually, sort of on the topic of like, uh, I guess Breath of the Wild like games that take took inspiration from some of the open world elements. What do you actually prefer out of Genshin Impact and Immortals: Phoenix Rising? Obviously, you play them both on oh, they other all, platforms. They both have their own quirks. Oh, their own quirks, yeah. The thing is, is like Immortals: Phoenix Rising is more of it, it's more built around the single player adventure because that's what it is—a single player game. Yeah. Um, Genshin Impact is a multiplayer version of Breath of the Wild, which has its own ways to do things i guess um with uh but he immortals um it's very centric on what phoenix can do yeah and not so much anything else you know you're talking about like axes magic powers god things whatever and stuff like that but it doesn't actually utilize a hell of a lot of what made Breath of the Wild truly unique, which was like manipulating elements and stuff like that as well. It's it's not as present in something like that. Whereas um, Genshin, that's what Genshin tries to achieve is interaction between elements. Um, yeah. So you've got all these characters, they can all use different elements and you compare them with other mel- elements to other lemons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other elements <laughs> to achieve certain things. So like, you know, if you, could, if you pair hydro with a cryo character and then you you get an enemy wet and then use an ice attack they freeze um if a frozen enemy is there you can melt them with pyro uh if you use electric on a wet enemy they superconduct and bounce um electric mm. to it's, all it's pretty much got a type chart like in it yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and like uh everything's sort of weak to something whether it be the weapon type or the element that you use on that enemy um, but it's, it's biggest draw for people when it was first coming out was, oh, this game has multiplayer, which is actually like, apart from being able to explore an entire world with each other, uh, you don't actually reap a hell of a lot of benefit from it. Um, mm. you can take on some challenges together to make things easier, but you don't rake in a hell of a lot of a benefit from that either. It's kind of just like in, in for a dungeon, two minute run, you're done. It's your rewards. You want to go again? Yes, no. And then that's the daily limit thing. You know, you have you can only do a certain amount of that per day before it's like, no, can't have any more. Um, but if you just, it just if you just feel like running around with friends and doing stupid shit on a giant map, like you can. And that's what Genshin's good for is, you know, that. So it's really good in the, uh, the world elements and how you use different types of elements. Um, and the multiplayer and Phoenix Rising is... 
way more about the strength in how it plays. Um, a lot more combat focused, <laughs> I'd say too. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, Genshin has a lot of intricacies, but um, you know, you've got to switch between four different characters for that, or you know, you've got to have a friend that's switching characters, or hell, you have four people. Um, and you have to try and synchronize that up together. Whereas mm. it's all about what you can do, you know, mortals, rather than, you know, having to rely on switching characters and shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Hmm. Yeah. But it should be fun anyway. <laughs> it should be good on Switch. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. It's, it's just like a, there's a lot of games that, you know, aren't out yet. It's sort of like, it's like a very quiet month and yeah. lead up to sort of find out what Nintendo's doing for the. For the year, which we probably won't find out for a little <coughs> bit yet. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. Um, I think I think it'd be end of February we start to really hear things. It would have to be, you know, Pokemon's Pokemon's uh, anniversaries around that date. Zelda's is too. You know, it, they can't really ignore those days. I think they're kind of pinnacle moments, and a lot of people are expecting things from them then. Um, if they just <laughs> they're just like, oh, Legend of Zelda came out today on Twitter. It's like, cool. Yeah. How long has it been? 35 years? Yeah, I guess that's a pretty average birthday. It's probably older than most of our fans. <laughs> it's older than us. Mm. Yeah. Older, prob- like I said, probably older older than most of our fa- and most of their fans. Yeah. You know, so makes sense really, doesn't it? Yeah. Actually, I don't expect them to um, necessarily do like a big Zelda Direct or anything like that. I don't know what they'll do. I think they'll do a Direct. I just... Yeah, I don't think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be like the Mario one and it's going to outlay what's upcoming, but they're not going to be like, oh, look, we're announcing Zelda World in Japan next. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be anything elaborate like that. Yeah. Obviously, Mario is a huge moneymaker and has been since... It's- we're partnering with Cheapest Chips and you can go there and get Link's Tunic. <laughs> oh, yes. Cheapest Chips. Cheap, 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 chips. No, or what? What kind of uh, things would you like to see for the 35th anniversary of Zelda? And apart from like, oh, I want them to bundle the three 3D Zelda games or a new game or whatever. What are some like different ideas? For example, like with Mario, you had the the Game and Watch uh, limited edition. You had um, the games come to Nintendo Switch Online, which were you know different and quirky. How you could play Mario Online with people like Tetris 99. Mm. What are some ideas like that you'd like to see for Zelda? I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it. My main focus on Zelda is what I'll be able to play on Switch. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not really fussed about them having this whole hullabaloo like they did with Mario. And to be completely honest with you, I don't think they will. I think their their primary focus is going to be like this is what's happening. Um, but you know, with the upcoming Mario movie and stuff like that being done by Illumination, um, and uh, all that being said. Um, I think it's perfectly possible that something Zelda could come to life in terms of like a, a show or a short film or something along the lines of that. Mm. I think that's something that's definitely on the cards and it's been talked about for ages, especially thanks to Adi Shankar's work uh, on like Castlevania and stuff like that. And now he's doing Devil May Cry. You know, a lot of people thought de- the, the work he was doing next, which turned out to be Devil May Cry, was a Zelda series. And you know what? I think um, that'd be something that'd probably accompany pretty well, and 
Make us all forget about the sour taste of well, excuse me, princess. Oh, we'll never forget that. That's a good meme at this point. Oh, so is everything that they've <laughs> fucking half palmed off on Zelda. Yeah. Like the CDI games. Jesus. No, that that would be awesome seeing like a, an animation, like a even if like a five part or a three part series, that'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really all a like I'm not expecting Mario Kart Live or fucking you know, fucking game and watch and all that shit. And I don't really want all that. I kind of just want Zelda to be Zelda for its anniversary. Yeah. It doesn't need to be anything elaborate. Yeah. And I guess with um, Mario as well, like, it's a different beast. So oh, yeah, a lot more yeah, merchandise yeah. and stuff like that that come out with Zelda. It's like, no, here's a <laughs> updated horror historia and yeah. here's some games and we're good, aren't we? They're like, oh, <laughs> hey, um, guys, we're selling this Master Sword where you can play the original Legend of Zelda on the hilt. So there's just heaps of people walking around <laughs> Japan just with giant swords pointed out in front of them. They're playing Legend of Zelda on the hilt of the sword. And they're like stabbing people along the way. Like, oh! <laughs> just, yeah, they don't need to do anything elaborate for Zelda. Just celebrate it for what it is. Yeah. What about game-wise though? So obviously Breath of the Wild 2. Would love to see that this year. Hopefully uh, development hasn't been held up or too much so that game can still come out this year but apart from that are you sort of just like are you itching for a collection are you itching for Grezzo to remake another game what are you sort of thinking I do really want Grezzo to step step back in um I'm a hero of time collection would be fucking brilliant um oh my god that would actually make me weep yeah I don't know where from but it will make me weep (laughs) (laughs) but it (laughs) I like. I just want to think. I just want to discuss how good those remakes were. Like they were the perfect definition of how to remake a game, so it's far more accessible than what it was. Um, like gyroscope aiming and stuff like that was oh beautiful stuff like that. Um, but obviously the only problem was is it was on a portable only console, and therefore you were very restricted in what kind of way you could view it. But they made a damn beautiful game for the three, like a couple of games rather for the 3DS. Yeah. So it would be really good to have something like that, but for on, upscaled on the TV, looking pristine and nice for Hero of Time. And that'd be good. Uh, that being said, there's still two HD ports that could probably end up over there too, which is obviously Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. This time around, I think they'd probably end up just bundling them, to be honest. I don't know if it's worth reprinting them all, you know, all over again like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's hard to know. Like, it'd be nice if they just put them all together. Well, they, they can't really do it now that they've done that with Mario, like at all. That would just be a real kick in the shorts. Yeah, it would be. To be honest with you. Yeah. And, you know, n- most people that bought a Wii U would have ended up with those games some lo- at some point along the yeah, line. Yeah, because they've, they've already, like, resold us Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess. So are they going to do it again? Yes, they probably will, but I would love to see it. Like, just packaging-wise, seeing them all together would be just really nice. I would be happy to see them all, all, all on the console, though. Like, a lot of people are just like, oh, they only recently sort of did it. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but... <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, we want a Skyward Sword. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. I'm like, you know, Skyward Sword was good for one run through. It's not good. good not good enough for a second playthrough for most people, I don't think. Yeah. I, I guess that is the next game that is in line to be like, 
remastered and put on the console. But And it could be because it was a friggin' shit, was it 20, 20th anniversary at this point? Mm. Like, I mean, if, if that does get re-released, that will be by itself. But I, I can't imagine that being the one game they choose to remaster no, and put out. No. Like, hopefully they do at least two or three of the games, whether it's separate or together or whatever it is. I hope that it is just more of a Skull Sword because... For 35 years, I'm not going back to Skull Sword. No. Like, no. I probably, like honestly, if it re-releases on Switch, they work out the controls, whether it is Joy-Con or buttons or whatever it is, and it just as long as it works well, it's, it's just, I'll probably go back to it. It's just such a difficult game to, you know, do do over, and they've said that themselves. They're like, the whole game was built around the design basis that you could control Link's sword. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because every enemy is a puzzle. Like, you like, you see, like a mouth and you're like, all right, I've got to slice it this way or that way. Or you see like a target on your, on their bellies. Oh, well, it's a, it's a thrust forward to stab them. Like every single enemy is a, is a puzzle. Like there is no running up to an enemy and it's going, all right, I'm going to roll around you and hit you. Yeah. It is like, it's holding down Z working out when to like parry and retaliating. That's yeah. what that game is. Yeah, that's right. And it, it doesn't really work. I suppose. You know, I thought about it like a while ago and I'm just like, oh, surely they can make it work somehow. But no, now that I think about it more, it just, yeah, it wouldn't. And that's a shame. But it doesn't really matter anyway because you're not missing much, guys. Sorry. Uh, it's it's Skyward Sword. It, it is the basis of this. Well, actually, no, technically the manga of Skyward Sword is the basis of the story uh, with the goddess Hylia and all that, which is a good read. I, yeah, will, yeah. I will add. So I don't know. If you have a story which I've got. Somewhere, I thought it was up here. Yeah, if you, if you haven't read it, read it. It's very short and it kind of just elaborates on how things sort of came to be for Skyward Sword and also for the, by connection of Skyward Sword for the future of Hyrule. Uh, but unfortunately, it is very, you know, sort of like leading into Skyward Sword and then Skyward Sword being what it is. It's not It's not great. It's not. Just stop bump on the table. Look, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> okay, I like to be expressive. Um it's, you know, it's good in parts, worse in others. And I think... Um, yeah. I Like, the story is great for Skull Sword, and I recommend, if you haven't played it, if it gets a re-release, definitely go through it. It's worth it. Just Yeah, play it once. Just to be like, oh, wh- where did the Triforce come from? Oh, there you go. Where does the Master Sword come from? Oh, there, there you, you go. go. Yeah. Like, it just answers a lot of like a lot of questions. You, that people have had for a very long time. Yeah, like, you know, you don't necessarily need the answers, but... no. They're there in Skyward Sword, and there mm. there are some sort of great moments in that game, but there's just a lot, a lot of downtime. Where um, personally, for me, I could just really feel the repetitiveness of like going mm. to a dungeon. All right, now I need to collect all the all the light, and it's just like it was a problem that sort of was arising with um, Twilight Princess as well, where you could like you know what's going to ha- happen after this section, you know what's going to happen after that section. It's sort of there, yeah. was, there weren't too many, but that surprises. only happened that only happened with Twilight Princess three times. Like throughout its whole thing. Yes. Whereas yeah, Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is a yeah. repetitive mess, like all the way through. Um, because I think they just ran out of, of ideas what they wanted to do. So they chucked Link in another great sea scenario, except it was far worse. There was nothing in the sky, like at all. Little yeah. islands you could visit, but there was nothing on them. Um, and then, you know, the main three areas being Kikiri Forest, Lake Hylia, and Death Mountain. And then after you finish them, you literally just repeat them again, but they're slightly changed. Yeah. And then the tier sections that we're all complaining about in Twilight Princess, 
are there for the final bout of like collecting the Triforce. Mm. So it's yep. extra repetitive. And in, in Twilight Princess HD too, they did tone that down for the amount of stuff you need to collect it so those sections didn't last so long. So Yeah, which is good. So that's what it need to be. I mean, hopefully there is a situation like that in a uh, a Scarlet Sword remaster. I play TP now. Damn. Mm. On Switch. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I kind of need it to be. Because I, I bought um, Twilight Princess HD on Wii U. You never played it. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't play it. Because, like, oh, you know what? I, I didn't feel like playing it at the time. But I'm like, Twilight Princess is one of my favorite games. So, you know, it's going to be there for when I want it. And I want the Amiibo. You know, they stopped selling that pretty soon after I bought it. Um, but, yeah, I just didn't feel the urge to go back at the time. And now with the Wii U, I don't feel like going back to that either. It's just such an oddly beautiful game, like, when I think about it. This... Jesus Christ, we're already 30 minutes in. Um, <laughs> like, a lot of people sort of look at the Darker Zeldas and they look at Majora's Mask. They're like, Majora's Mask is the best game ever, but those same people are also people that are like, fuck, I hate Twilight Princess. It, co- it cops a lot of hate. It does. Which I was really surprised. Look, it cops a huge amount of hate. And I, I, I don't get it. I think um, what the, the biggest praise I can give Twilight Princess is, uh, you know, that, that was my first Zelda game. And playing through that from start to finish, by the time I finished it, I'm like, Legend of Zelda is one of my favourite series. Yeah, yeah. And th- th- I guess that's that's enough proof for me that I think that game is fantastic. That's right, yeah. Especially like even like the dungeons, they're some of the best dungeons in the series. They're just like... Yeah. And that might be just through my eyes because... Some of the most useless items, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're fun to use in the dungeons at least. Yeah, they like, are. Yeah, like, like, like the spinner. Like, the spinner or the, or the ha- or hammer and ball. There's only a few instances in Hyrule Field where it's like, hey, you can get to an extra area and you can get some rupees. And that, that's that's pretty much all you use it for outside the dungeon. But apart from that, like in the dungeon in the boss battle where you're using it to um, oh, go up so the pillar and stuff, yeah. like it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, dope fights. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And just the tone of the overall game. Like it is it is dark, but it's, you know, I think, I think Majora's Mask is creepy dark, whereas it's more brooding dark for Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess as well. It was like, oh, this is like creepy. This is area. But all the characters, there is not one serious character apart from Ganondorf. No. Like all the rest, even, even Zant who reveals himself to just be a crazy nut. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Like throughout the whole game, you're just like, damn, this dude is evil. He's like the next Vardy or something. But no, he just turns out to be an absolute nut job. And his his boss battle music all the way through is just brilliant because it just encapsulates everything that makes him a madman yeah. that you've just found him out to be in like one thing. Like, god damn the music in that game too. Yeah. We need to gush about Twilight Princess sometime. We do. Well yeah. We've got plenty of time to do it this year. I mean it's Zelda's <laughs> anniversary, so Yeah. I mean, re release it and we can have a fresh pair of eyes on it as well. Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, and re, re, yeah, do mm. the whole thing. I've, I've played that game story several times now, but I'll, I'll yeah. very much play it again. <laughs> I still remember, like, uh, I think, it, I think it was to you. I was trying to, like, do like a, a snipe shot with the Wiimote, just trying to select my save file, and like somehow it buggered up and it selected delete and deleted my finished save file. <laughs> I can't remember if, if that was with you or someone else. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I accidentally deleted my save file because of the Wii, the Wiimote sort of. Glitching Jankiness. Out. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm playing it again. So I've played it fewer through a fair few times as well. <laughs> Just yeah. yeah. That, that second time's a bit unfortunate though. I'm like, well, like, I guess I have to. <laughs> yeah. There's only, you know, I've, there's only, um, there's only a handful of games that I've played through multiple times in my lifetime, but most of them have either been 
Mario or Zelda. Um, and Twilight Princess I've played through at least three or four times, I think. Um, uh, Ocarina of Time I've played through about the same. Yeah, no, they're just fun games to re-experience. Just like Zelda, you're going around, you're exploring, checking things out, and you always you always miss something unless like you've got a guide or oh, something right. with you. Yeah, there's but always a heart piece somewhere or they're character. also they're also relatively straightforward too, though. Like um, the only reason I haven't played Wind Waker the same amount of times as I have maybe those two, I've played Wind Waker through maybe twice, maybe three times if I'm lucky. Um, is that the Great Sea is such an expansive place and as cool as it is and everything, it does make like the collection process fairly tedious sometimes. So I've never really been like, all right, really need to play Wind Waker today. <laughs> Off to the Great Sea, I go and fucking map out everything again for like the fourth time. Yeah. Because that's what I would do every time. I would just buy shit tons of bait from Beetle and then just map out the entire map and then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because at least at least if you're playing um, like Ocarina of Time, you're running through a horrible field. You know, you're running and you see an enemy and you feel like versing or running away. There's something to distract you. Yeah, it feels where, cathartic. Yeah, whereas where some extent with Wind Waker, you're like, all right, I'm literally you know holding forward to go forward, and you know, there's stuff. There is stuff in the sea to distract you, whether it is enemies or you yeah. know, stuff to find or yeah. characters to interact with. But and that's what Breath of the Wild does so well. Yeah, definitely. You know, is there's always there's always something you can do. You can see the evolution from like the series and where it really peaks with Breath of the Wild, at least so far. Hopefully, it's not peaked just yet. Breath yeah, of the Wild yeah. two will yeah. improve on those things. But just the sense of discovery, um, the Legend of Zelda series has brought throughout the years has just been phenomenal. Like mm. no other series does it quite as well. No, no, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, an absolute gem of one. Mm. But we need to save the Zelda discussion and get through this stuff. So. We'll talk about Zelda some more some other time. We've got a we got all year to talk about Legend of Zelda. That's exactly right. And you've got shit on your iPad. We need to read right now. <laughs> Otherwise, it's irrelevant. Otherwise, <laughs> it's irrelevant. So it's like, oh no, Go. you're irrelevant. My name's Bryce Gum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that hurt, didn't it? Yeah, shut up. Is that all? You're irrelevant. Oh, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good man, Ross. He's, he's a great man, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So this week, Bryce, this is a, it's a very slow news week, but that's okay because we'll get through it nice and quick. All right, sweet. Sweet. <laughs> See, Bryce, he, sweet. Hate, he hates the news. He's not a news man. No, I like the news. It's just sometimes, sometimes, especially with, <laughs> with news, we end up going up on big tangents about it and we kind of probably need to like, <laughs> so we could talk about some shit that's a bit more evergreen. Yeah, well, that's why we have a podcast, Bros. I, I guess. Know. I know. At the end of the day, if we just went, hey, that's the news, there you go. But uh, regardless, so we've got some quick stories to start off with. So uh, four-player uh, co-op will be available in Super Mario All-Stars 3D World plus Bowser's Fury for the Captain Toad levels. That wasn't originally supported in the uh, original Super Mario 3D World. So it didn't really make much sense because if you're running around with four people, then you get to a Toad level, it's like, all right, uh, player two, three, and four. You can sit there and watch me <laughs> run around as a toad for three <laughs> minutes. Yay. Yeah, it's a little, little <coughs> bit strange, but it's cool because it's a pretty cool concept that you can run around and do the Captain Toad levels and all of that. Because um, in the Captain Toad game, I don't think there's two-player. Not quite sure. I'm a I'm a lonely man. I just play ball. No, there was two-player. They did a patch. I think they did a patch where they introduced two-player. 
So yeah, I think you're it was, right. It was yeah. towed out. Yeah, it was through a patch, or it was in the deluxe edition. But like I said, I'm a lonely man. I play my video games by myself. Yep. I don't even boy. know why I got two Joy-Con. I might as well just have the one Joy-Con. He was a lonely boy. He couldn't play Mario Boy. Uh, something else I just want to point out as well. This is uh, pretty cool. It's that it's um, also something that doesn't really work in a podcast format. But uh, someone on Twitter by Patak Art has uh, recreated all of the Generation 8 Pokemon in the original sprite form. They look really cool. So I'll leave a link in the show notes if you want to go and check them out. I just want to highlight the artist and uh, his yeah. work. Because it, it is cool just to see some of these new Pokemon, you know, in the in some of an older old form. days. Yeah. yeah. And it, it does highlight as well. Like, you know, you have people like, oh, the new Pokemon suck. When you put them into like this form and you put them next to like the generation, uh, first generation Pokemon, and uh, you're like, well, you know. So- <laughs> this could have been a reality and nobody yeah. would have cared. Yeah, they're yeah. all the same. Like, oh, my favorite Pokemon's Grookey. What, what an OG, number one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And even Appleon. Appleon looks fantastic as a sprite. Oh, yes, yes. Oh. Little Apple Apple Caterpillar Man. Apple Caterpillar Man. Hmm. Uh, so moving on, this is a, a bit of a strange one, and uh, I just want to bring, to bring it up in case anyone's interested in following them. But Nintendo has created a Twitter account to deliver corporate and investor relation news in Japan. In Japan, so it's in Japanese, but they also like follow up in the comments with um, English translations. But basically, they um, <laughs> they made an account called Nintendo uh, uh, Company Limited, so you can go and follow them on Twitter, and uh, they've posted. Uh, we've opened this Twitter account to deliver Nintendo uh, Co. Limited corporate and investor relations news, financial announcements, and other corporate focus information will be shared on this account. Please note that we will not respond to messages or inquiries. So it, it when's it, the next Mario coming out? <laughs> yeah, like it it is weird because if if you're an investor or something like that, you'd think you would have just like a more I guess privatized method of finding out this news. So, obviously, this is something their investors wanted. So, Nintendo said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll make an account, I dare say. But, yeah, look, I've followed it. And I, I expect nothing of interest to come out of it. It's just like, yeah, no, nah, our shares have gone up or gone down. Well, they won't say gone down. They wouldn't post that. Great news. We have shares. Mm. Yeah, would you like to buy them? It's like an old lady at the bake sale. Like, oh, would you like to buy some of our shares? Would you like some of my jam share scones? Yeah. Mm. Yummy. Yummy. So, yeah, anyone interested, go and check that out. Okay. It might be a very interesting resource on the show one day. We'll do, Captain. We'll, I'm the captain. Aye, aye. Mm. You need to say aye, aye every episode now. No. Fair enough. Don't say that. <laughs> anyway, so this is uh, something that uh, you're a bit interested in, Bryce. Mm. So uh, Persona 5 Strikers has a collaboration with Dragalia Lost, and it begins on the 30th. 30th. Of January. 30th. <laughs> 30th. 30th. I was about to say 13th, so I sort of uh, went off a bit there, and I still got the 30th. That's all right, mate. So Bryce, 30. you excited about this? Have you been still been playing Dragalia Lost? Yeah. What's yeah. your sto- What's your um, story here? Yeah. So I I've I've slowed down as of recent just to sort of take a break. Um, take a break. Mate. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is with these things they're nice, but you know, you know eventually you're like, mm, mm, yeah, it's maybe a bit full. Um, I'll try again later. So now you're hungry. Yeah, but no, this this is good. Um, the thing is, is uh. Persona 5 has been in question very collaborated with recently, like extremely with many different games, including games like AFK Arena. Um, So, you know, this is not news in the sense of like, this is Persona's first collaboration because it's definitely fucking not. Nah. There's been a heaps of them before this. It was in that game called Super Smash Brothers as well. Oh my God. Yeah. But I'm talking about more about mobile games. 
It yeah. is a mobile game. You take it on the go. Oh, you're it. fucking funny. No, I'm <laughs> oh, so funny. Everyone's laughing at that. <laughs> anyway, um, so this isn't really like a huge surprise that it's happened, but of course, obviously, with the relationship between Nintendo they seem to have these days, it's good. Um, but uh, I can again, I can't remember exactly exactly what weapon types and elements they are. Um, but the characters available in Dragalia Lost, uh, the Cage Desires event mm. um, will be Joker, Morgana, Arn, and Sophie. And, and if you've been playing Persona and you're like, who the heck is Sophie? I've not seen Sophie before. Well, Sophie's from Strikers. So, um, yeah, duly noted on that part. Uh, there will be a Gacha. I'm not sure who the free there's usually a free unit when it comes with these collaborative events um unfortunately i don't know who that unit is this time around um but i know that the gacha is going to be there for you to get uh joker probably joker morgana Arn and sophie i would say and then they've probably got a persona based dragon or something like that um every character um, when they use dragon form, I believe turns into their persona rather than using a mm. dragon. So it's not a concept that's not explored in, in Dragalia before. Anybody, any character that's got a particular dragon that they're favoured to, whether it be like uh, Leonidas in Mars or, jeez, um, what's her name? Something in Yalatotep. Um, Lathia, that's it. Lathia and Yalatotep. Um it's it's going to work similar to them, uh, and you'll just be what Arsen, Zoro, God, you God. <laughs> no, um, I'm trying to remember names, uh, but I can't. Oh, Carmen, um, and I don't know who Sophie's is. It so. is cool though, because like. This is like a perfect concept for a crossover because they both have like, I guess, ultimate forms or partners or whatever. Yeah, to, yeah. To actually yeah. fit this in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, uh, you know, they, they've they done pretty well with this on like previous collaboration events, like the Mega Man event. Um, the Mega Man event was free and you get Mega Man for free and all you had to do throughout your time is use him enough to gain him on your permanent roster and stuff like that. And instead of turning into a dragon, he would jump on... Um, rush and then you'd fly around shooting things and stuff like that. So they've made they've made good com- concepts yeah. out of it before, but this is sort of like the perfect sense of like, ah, oh, of course, like this makes <laughs> yeah dead sense. Like, why would you not do this? So, um, yeah, that's good. Um, I if I had to guess, I think Joker would probably be Dark or Fire Dagger. Mona would be Mona or Morgana, whatever you want to call it. Uh, call him. Uh, is wind blade on is fire spear and I don't know about Sophie because I don't know much about her at all okay yeah you haven't played the game it's not out yet it's not out yet no so yeah um, should be good there'll be a heap of, heap of event, event rewards if you're a first time player uh, jump in and if you're a first time player you're interested in Persona jump in soon start collecting the login bonuses and stuff like that. Now you'll get heaps of bonuses to start off with, whether, whether it be coming down to summoning and stuff like that, save them. And then when this event comes around, you're going to be handed a bunch of free summons. And I could pretty much guarantee you'll get out most of those characters from rolling. Um, as long as you save your bonuses up now. So yeah, if you're really into it, if well, persona, 
and you've never played Dragalia Lost, but you're interested enough now that there's a Persona collaboration, give it a shot. Yeah. And with Persona 5 Strikers, you came for that game coming out? Yeah, for sure. Um, it looks really nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. Um, but as we discussed, what was it, last year? It, it, it's tough because it's just like that. the, the platform is littered with Musou games and is littered with Musou games that I've bought and not completed. So mm. I'm finding it hard to justify and be like, oh, do, do I really need to do this right about now? Like, you know. With the amount of backlog that I've got. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a little bit hard to justify, but as far as what the game looks like... It, oh, it looks pretty. And just, it looks good. Yeah. Like, I think um, a lot of those sort of Musou games, they got sort of a... You know, back in the day, they weren't so like, good looking. They always looked at, you know, you know, double A type of thing. But now with, like, the collaborations and crossovers, like, obviously with the Zelda games, like, those <clears> games looked great and... I think even Strikers, maybe it's even a step up from that, just with the anime style being so vibrant. and Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, definitely. Uh, so a bit of a big one and a... Yeah, so this is from Kotaku. Kotaku. And a, a, a Takaya Anuma... No, Amaya? Amaura? Uh, the man who designed Tingle has retired from Nintendo. <gasps> no! <laughs> So the article not Tingle is <laughs> uh, done other people from Tingle, but I think no. T- Tingle is just such an iconic character, Bros. Not Tingle. So in his three decades at uh, Nintendo, uh, Takaya worked on some uh, some of the company's most iconic games, including F Zero, Star Fox, and the Legend of Zero uh, Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. He's also designed Tingle, and for that, uh, we will be forever grateful. Uh, today, on his fake Facebook page, uh, Amura uh, uploaded a selfie taken outside of Nintendo's. A Kyoto headquarters and wrote, this is my last day going to work. I took a selfie with an empty office. I guess I won't be coming back here anymore. Uh, as you expect, uh, as you'd expect, I'll miss it. Amura expressed his gratitude for the past 32 years. Uh, note uh, that he uh, mentioned the offices are empty because Nintendo staffers are working from home due to the pandemic. Amura f- first joined Nintendo in 1986 uh, 1989, sorry, as a graphic designer where he cut his teeth on F-Zero. Uh, he went on to work on Star Fox, modelling the characters after his colleagues. Uh, Star F- uh, Fox McCloud, for example, was based on Shigeru Miyamoto and to design t- and to design Tingle. Mura also served as supervisor on Super Smash Bros. So yeah, uh, a legend at Nintendo has, has retired, moved on, and it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to see. I think Nintendo is really going to be moving into sort of the next phase of its, um, you know, creative teams there as well. Like, honestly, like within the next five years with uh, Miyamoto, you know, I think it's getting time for him to retire too. Not not because it's, I think he should, but, you know, he's getting to that age where yeah. whether he still wants that much responsibility and all that at Nintendo or whether he steps down just to like, I want, I want a team of 10 to make whatever I want. Who knows what his true desires imagine, are? Imagine how much the space is going to change once once all those old guys leave. Yeah, well, you know, we're very much in the transition of that. From even at the higher ups in Nintendo America, you know, Reggie's decided to move on, and you know, with Awada's passing, obviously, sort of five years ago, you know, there's a there's been a lot of transitions going on. So we'll see see where mm. it all goes. Yeah, excited to see where it goes. Hopefully, it all goes well. As we've seen with like series like Splatoon and that that have popped up through New Blood at Nintendo, you know it's only it's only up and stuff from there. Yeah, 
So the next one, Bryce, is all about the Monster Hunter Amiibo. And uh, in Japan, they're actually raffling off some golden ones. So this is from Nintendo Enthusiast. And the article reads, uh, All of you Amiibo collectors out there, um, there are some incredibly rare figures out there. Uh, some of these were region, re, region exclusive, uh, a limited run, or so popular that they couldn't, that supply couldn't meet the demand. It looks like we might have a new set uh, entering the region exclusive rare cat- category as Capcom have revealed some gold Monster Hunter Amiibo. These aren't the same ones uh, we reported on last September. In addition to those, Capcom has revealed a trio of gold Amigo, Amiibo figures. Amigo figures. Amigo figures. Amigo. <laughs> and they'll be exclusive to Japan. What's more, they aren't going to be available to buy, which could make them even more desirable. In order to get the hands on these, you'll have to get a get lucky in a lottery. Special lottery tickets will be available through 7-Eleven convenience stores in Japan to coincide with the release of Monster Hunter Rise. The tickets will be available from January 25th to April uh, 11th, and these raffle features are 711 prizes. Capcom mm. haven't revealed how many prizes will be set. How many prizes will be the set of Gold Amiibo? But we'll assume the raffle is bulked out with plenty of other merchandise. So very uh, val- valuable um, Amiibos going up. Uh, it sort of reminds me of 2015. We're all trying to get the gold of Mario and the silver Mario exclusive at Target. And uh, our Target down here was absolutely useless. I didn't see any. So hooray. Hooray. If you're still an Amiibo collector out there, have fun. <laughs> and uh, just uh, as well with the Monster Hunter Amiibo. So this is for our fellow Australian audience. So this is from Vooks, and the Monster Hunter Rise Amiibo will be available in Australia through my Nintendo store. So the my Nintendo store only recently sort of opened up, so you can buy stuff directly from Nintendo. Um, So Nintendo um, Australia posts that these uh, Monster Hunter Rise Amiibo will be available exclusively from the my Nintendo store beginning on the 26th of March 2021 while supplies last. So if you're interested in those, you're going to have to get them through the my Nintendo store if you live in Australia, not exactly sure what's happening in uh, the US, Europe, rest of the world, but um, get on them if you want them. It seems like they're, they're going to be relatively short in supply. That just happens to be what uh, <laughs> Nintendo are doing now. Mm, yeah. You're going to be getting the Amiibo when, when you pick up Rise? Nah, I've pretty much given up on Amiibo, I think. Given up? I don't mind seeing one every now and then and going like, yes, like I did with Joker and what I'll do with Banjo, but like other than that, mm, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, they don't really need it. Yeah, they, they, they look really nice, but yeah, they're really nice. Yeah, yeah. But um, unfortunately, I just can't justify having this. <laughs> <laughs> the whole shelf. <laughs> yeah, I got that a few years ago. That was when the all the craze was happening. Yeah, and you were like, ah, oh, don't think I'll ever have these ever again. Mm, yeah, this is problematic. It, it was problematic. It's pretty much like the situation with Pokemon cards now. Yeah, my idea was to buy five of them. I'm like, oh well. Then I, then I realized I actually have a lot of favorite characters in Super Smash Bros. <laughs> oh, no. Same with Pokemon. It's like, oh, yeah. I want all the V cards. I love I love uh, this amiibo that is just completely out of the ordinary. This, this nice this nice little boy here. Uh, yeah, that's from the trading card game. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, that's good amiibo. Uh, that's good amiibo, mate. Anyway. <laughs> so moving on, Bryce. So this is some sales from Among Us on Nintendo Switch. And uh, currently, <laughs> it sold 3.2 million copies on Nintendo Switch in December. So 
that's not even including 2021 sales. But obviously Among Us being one of the, the biggest games in the world at the moment, just rising from absolutely nowhere in 2020. And uh, pretty much until it comes to Xbox, it's a sort of a, a console exclusive on Nintendo Switch. So yeah. um, people are obviously interested in having it on a format that's, you know, not riddled with ads on your phone or maybe maybe a different experience than sitting at your PC and playing it as well. So selling really well on Nintendo Switch and it's, it's I haven't seen it move from the number one position on the eShop either since it came out. No, no. So it's absolutely crazy. And- well, because it's it's a, it's a couple bucks and you like, trust me, trust me when I say this much, like it's a great game and for five bucks, you're getting an experience that you don't get anywhere else. You know, you, you can't really go wrong. It's a good, it's a good experience. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up a switch cause I want to, I'd rather play it there than, cause it's on, um, I've got it on my PC through game pass cause it is available on game pass and it is going to be coming to Xbox as well through that. So, um, there's lots of ways to get it, but I think just sitting on your Switch or your Switch Lite just be a great way to sort of play it and have your have your phone up with the <clears> Nintendo <throat> Online app. And you're playing with your friends using that app, not Discord or <laughs> Skype or, bastard. or anything like that. Bryce, are you the are you the imposter? It's like, no, guys. How do I work this app? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to them. It's 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 one of the sweetest stories of 2020 just seeing that uh you know team of three just blow up overnight yeah they definitely hit the jackpot (laughs) they sure did and just some australian sales for nintendo switch as we wrap up the news so as i said definitely very quick this week so this is from vooks.net or yeah vooks.net vooks yes vooks the vooks uh, absolutely fantastic Australian resource for Nintendo news here in Australia. Yes, certainly are. So Nintendo dominated the sales charts in Australia for 2020, and the article reads, There is little doubt that 2020 was not a great year for many people. But those who enjoyed video games, it was pretty amazing, as it, there were dozens of amazing releases uh, that is on Switch alone. That is on Switch. <laughs> uh, I don't want to shame the writer there, but just saying it came off weird. Uh, well, it seems that 2020 is a smashing year for Nintendo as they managed to sell the most consoles last year and have the best-selling game. In fact, they did so well that you might think they have a clue about how to sell things. So, oh. <laughs> starting off with hardware, Nintendo managed to sell 88% more Switches, Switch console in 2020 than compared to 2019. Sadly, we don't have the numbers. Here are the best-selling consoles in Australia for 2020. So number one is Nintendo Switch. That includes all models. Then number two is PlayStation 4. Number three is PlayStation 5. And number four is Xbox One. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any sales data for Xbox Series X or S. Uh, it wasn't just the home console hardware that saw a boost. The controller market also saw a big hit for them as well. It was so massive that Nintendo managed to sell 110% more Joy-Cons than they did the year before, taking the number one spot for controllers as well. We are now going to talk about the games themselves. It has been reported that uh, 15.8 million games were sold via physical and digital stores, and roughly 8.5 million of those were physical as well, or roughly 54% of all games sold. It should be noted that Nintendo does not supply sales data on digital games, so the numbers could be higher, as little as uh, as little as one or fifty percent. But that, but for now, that seems to be excluding Nintendo games from the sales charts. The shift swing more to digital side of the spectrum. 
Uh, the best-selling game in Australia for 2020 was Animal Crossing New Horizons, which again is only based off physical sales. And the game it beat for the first spot was Grand Theft Auto 5, which is still plodding along uh, seven years after its first release. Nintendo was the top physical publisher for the year, amassing 29% uh, of all sales in the country. But as they don't supply digital sales, the honor for most digital sales in 2020 goes to Ubisoft, managing to grab 17% of the market. Here are the top 10 games sold in stores for 2020. So number one is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number two is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number three is The Last of Us Part 2. Number four is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number five is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number six is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Number seven is Cyberpunk 2077. Number eight is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number nine is Minecraft. And number 10... Because people are need to sweat in their lounge rooms is Ring Fit Adventure sneaking out number ten for the best selling games of twenty twenty. It's still selling heaps. Yeah, it's it's going very well. Um, an interesting fact here: Mario Kart Eight Deluxe that was released in back all the way back in twenty seventeen sold eighty eight percent more copies in twenty twenty than it did in two thousand and nineteen. As Nintendo doesn't disclose digital sales, they were not included in the chart for those. But for reference, here's the list. So number one is uh, Grand Theft Auto. Um, and I won't go through all these. They're all non-Nintendo games. Um, and finally, the ultimate list, the top 20 selling games of the year, physical and digital combined. So just keep in mind that these are going to be higher on the list if they did count digital. But number one is Animal Crossing. Number two is Grand Theft Auto. Number three is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And uh, number five is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I'm just going to skip all the non-Nintendo games. Number 16 is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Number 20 is Ring Fit Adventure. So Ring Fit Adventure actually sneaks into the overall best-selling games as well, which is an incredible feat, especially since it wasn't even released last year. No, it was it's released just, the year before. It's a real, really uh, like a sleeper hit. Yeah. Uh, now, again, Nintendo doesn't disclose digital sales. Those are marked with a star. Don't have to say that. Um, it, they might have sold more. Uh, while 2020 was most certainly a bizarre year, Nintendo seemed to have a pretty great year in comparison. This is how it all shakes out for their financials. Uh, we will have to wait a few more weeks on that. But last year, Nintendo managed to sell well over 10 million Switch consoles in the um, October to December quarter. So they might do it again. So yeah, like that says, we're going to be actually getting a few more uh, concrete sales data for what Nintendo's done in the last four months. But just... Um, for Australia, just they've pretty much dominated the sales charts. Which oh, yeah. is just just amazing. Yeah, only being sort of, I guess uh, the competition is very much from Grand Theft Auto Five, which never stops, and two Call of Duty games that you know that's expected. But even uh, Animal Crossing, not including digital sales, which in a pandemic a lot of people would have opted for the digital version, it still beat them out. That yeah, is, it did. Yeah, that is just how crazy <laughs> that game's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Nuts. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. All right, Bryce. So let's move on to uh, Reggie's Rec Room. Oh, we're actually visiting this week. We're actually visiting this week. You know, we we can't leave him a month. Yeah. I sort of just put like a, you know, a f bit of food under, under the door and I haven't heard much from him yet. So hopefully he's going okay. Hopefully he's going okay, Bryce. I'm better find out. The wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he died. <laughs> Hi, Nintendo fans. Reggie here. What, what are you trading like a Tamagotchi? 
for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of memories that I will never forget. Ever. So, Bryce, I know this conversation might be a bit trite at this stage, but it's something I think we've got to actually sit down and really talk about. Bit of an awkward pause there. Just see what you did. You're staring at me with your nice, beautiful eyes. Intently. So, Nintendo, look, over the last year, they've been really lax on directs. There's been news or rumours coming out that they no longer see directs as their main way to sort of market towards... I guess their audience or potential audiences. And uh, we've seen with um, Paper Mario and other games just get announced and just be dropped on Twitter straight away. And from their sales and sort of, uh, I guess, talk on social media, that seemed to work for them. And they haven't sort of needed directs for some of these, I guess, uh, big games that they're releasing. Um, But with uh, the 3D All-Stars, it wasn't necessarily a direct, but they sort of framed it as a, a Mario direct where they announced all the products and all that that are coming over the next four months to be celebrating that anniversary. So looking into 2021, are we going to be seeing sort of a a traditional direct? Are we going to be moving back to that type of thing? Or are they changing their marketing? Or has coronavirus still sort of thrown stuff in the works so they don't know exactly what they're doing? I think think it's sort of on its deathbed. And it's like in in resuscitation mode where they're like trying to really bring it back to life the fan base is like oh, yeah, you know get the, get those lungs pumping but <laughs> come on Nintendo give us a direct oh, oh no he's dying but yeah no um, I think to whatever like normality and respect it is it is probably gone but um, that being said is that um, whenever we get news from the Pokemon company or something like that they always still do direct style things yeah they literally have like Pokemon direct yeah, stuff like that. So we will probably get that again this year um, for Pokemon news. I think that's probably inevitable. Um, and I have a feeling that Zelda will probably get that treatment as well. And then after that, probably nothing. We do know that um, uh, Platinum has put up a teaser website for something that most people seem to consider be Bayonetta 3. So, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. The, the director of the game did say we will be hearing about Bayonetta 3 this year. So, it's about time. <laughs> it's been like a few years, literally. Poor Mayo better. Hmm. No, like, it, it is confusing. Like, I guess last year it was fair enough. Everything's thrown up in the works. Everything's just don't know what's going on. Nintendo doesn't know exactly when... The timeline of their games is going to you know, work out and be finished to be come to market. But I don't think that's what excited people about Directs was knowing the date that they were going to be there. It's the fact that the information yeah. was delivered, which, you know, with some of these things that are, that are coming out, it's sort of like one Paper Mario was a good example. They just dropped it out of nowhere and people are like, what? <laughs> what the hell? All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. But um, I was I was waiting for... Fucking Jack of the Beanstalk news. When's that coming? <laughs> and then it's just like radio silence, and you're like, <laughs> "What?" Okay. How many beans can you have, Jack and the Beanstalk? Uh, nine hundred. But my point, yeah, my point is, is that people were getting this news dropped, and it just felt like some people felt like they were getting ignored, or what they wanted was completely not coming, or you know, making people stress out. Um. 
when sure when Nintendo were dropping things, it was like, oh my god, everybody's excited. But at the same time, there's a lot of people out there that are just like, it used to be about news for everybody, not just for the one person at a time, and that's where it's sort of hitting. Yeah, like and, it, it used to, it used to be fun. It's just like a, a big event. Yeah. It's like, all right, this is coming. Everyone's getting excited talking about it, and as a company like Nintendo is looking just to get people talking about them pushing on social media sharing like the direct the trailers from the direct I feel like it's just like just a marketer's dream yeah. so it, it is it is hard to think like why they get rid of it but you know with Paper Mario I don't think that sold any less because they just dropped the trailer and like they still had three months to sort of market that game and push it I'm going to be a pessimist though and I'm not going to say and I'm going to say it was more than likely not their marketing tactics that sold a lot of their systems and games this year. I think it was the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right, because the problem is is panic buying and it was even huge everywhere else around the world is they're just like they're not going to be able to make these things anymore. That's coming from an Asian country and you know Asia's got corona and, and Yeah, maybe maybe for the switch itself, but no, you're- the games too, I reckon. Well, yeah, because all these people are just bought new Switches. I mean, you can just download the fucking games. Yeah, but all of, the, all of these people just bought new Switches. All of them. All of them. All of them just bought new Switches. So, you know, the, the, there's going to be sales coming from there. They literally ran out of stock pretty much everywhere in the world. Yeah. You oh, know, like of Animal Crossing, they had a second pre-order phase for it. Yeah, that's right. Which was just nuts. And then stimulus packages coming in out and like all that shit and... <laughs> The government's giving me Nintendo Switch money. Nice. Well, that's right. Yeah, they're like, they're giving me money. Uh, you know what? I can afford a game here or there. And that was a lot of people because a lot of people were either A, out of jobs or B, in lockdown. And it's it's sort of just like, you know, there was plenty of opportunity and money sort of floating around to reinvest because that was its purpose. The stimulus packages was reinvesting in the economy to kick fire it again. And it worked because a lot of people did what they wanted with that money. Yeah. But... Um, you know, it, again, it's sort of attributed with the, when you think about the panic buying and stuff like that, and it's still a problem with PlayStation Fives right now. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people still ba- buying, like panic buying the shit out of them. You go on Big W put up a pre order thing um, two days ago. Yeah, gone in ten minutes. See you later. Oh yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. Yep. Bye bye. And that's the thing is is that that's what it's going to be like. Bye-bye. That's what it's going to be Bye-bye. like the entire time. I'm glad I invested in the console that's easy to get. But my point being. Um, because all these consoles have sold this year, more games are selling. And unfortunately, there's sort of a case of like a lot of people were holding off because they're like, do I really have a reason to buy a Switch right now? Do I have the money to buy a Switch right now? Is, you know, whatever. And the answer is no. Then you might have those one obscure guy that's basically just like, you know what? Switch doesn't have Paper Mario. I don't want it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Corona happens and then Paper Mario comes out. They're like, Perfect done you know and that's 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 sort of where it goes at but i think the problem is is that directs were such a great way of engaging the community yeah it brings it brings everyone together where it's like with with like for example for paper mario it's like people are just on twitter being like yeah cool paper mario i remember playing them on the 3ds i enjoyed them yeah but yeah it doesn't bring everyone together and all that and i just i, I just really miss it i think we all miss it like as a community i think it's something we actually sort of want from them and I know, I know this sounds a bit weird, but I think people be able to relate with it. But like, just the hype that comes from just like, um, I guess reasonably scheduled directs is that like just with random announcements and not highlighting uh, games that aren't necessarily Mario, Pokemon, 
uh, Zelda, etc., that like a lot of things might get missed necessarily, mm. and like you know the, the hype isn't isn't there for for the brand. No. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, which might be something where podcasts like ourselves can step in and actually like you know, highlight some more of these games that Nintendo isn't highlighting through the racks and maybe just on smaller channels and stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, um, regardless of what they end up deciding to do throughout the whole thing, I think obviously they've got a plan at the moment. The major issue is is that the only thing we've got going for us now pretty much is like if you're a Smash fan, there's Smash Directs or, you know, if there's a Pokemon Direct, there's, they still do them. Um but the worry for the future as well is stuff like Metroid Prime and stuff like that. Obviously, we've been left a lot in the dark about Metroid Prime 4. And we would like to know how, like, development is coming on with that game and stuff like that. <laughs> and they're not just going to fucking drop a video for that out of nowhere. No. Hopefully Where, not. Whereas directs were a source of, like, okay, what do our fans want to see in this? And they've, that's pretty much how they marketed it, right? And it's like, this is what directs is for. It's for the upcoming news. Like, if you need to know things, it's like, oh, look, here's an update on Metroid Prime. Hello, sorry, we fucked up and we're letting Retro do it now, bye. <laughs> you know, just shit like that. But, you know, they, they're not going to talk about that on an individual level and, you know, that, that's kind of concerning, I think. I, I want them to drop, like, uh, treat all their fans like they're investors and on their new uh, Twitter profile that we talked about earlier, have like someone like walk us through the office, like talking about like, oh well, the game's coming along really well. We've uh, put like so, put this uh, many million dollars into the budget so far, and just like treat us like investors. We're like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. walking through with our notebooks and pads, just writing down all the notes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. how's how's Metroid Prime Four going? Like, it's coming along quite well. We've uh, you know we've made a fair few assets so far, and we really are just developing the story and all of that. And we plan to have it ready by 2023. And it's going to be in store shelves. We're estimating sort of. You know, a billion dollar profit out of it. it's going to be a big series for Nintendo. We're going to release about April. Um, it's going to be a big hit. Just have like a really dry direct, <laughs> no fanfare or anything. Just uh, we're all investors walking around retro. But even news like that would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> just some sort of update. Like what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult because all they all they've done from there is like here is a special announcement from what's his face because obviously the news that they had at the time was huge and they're like we're literally moving it back to retro. But in terms of like, you know, it's just like hello, we would like to talk to you about Metroid Prime Four. Here are some early screenshots and some here is like a thirty second gameplay to keep you entertained for a while. You know, something like that. You know, that shit's not going to happen. Like just, a, just one of the art directors. Just have him Twitch stream. Be like, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm really developing the the Samus uh, model for the game. And I don't know whether to make her arm cannon p- hot pink or just have it like the normal sort of uh, greenish color. I really don't know what to do. Like, have like a poll in his Twitch thing. Like, hey, what color should it be? Uh, should she have a visor? Should it be see through? So you know, it's not so mysterious whether she's a woman or not. Like, you know, yeah, need to know those things. You don't need to know these things. So, so does the art director, apparently. Needs to know the opinion of Twitch chat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sad. I'm sad, Drew. Just in general or? About directs, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad they're yeah. not around anymore. And I do hope they realise that, you know, if, if not for a decent marketing tool, then for a good communal tool. 
It's kind of what's needed, especially in recent times now that they've made so many ill-brought decisions that have pissed off a lot of people. I feel like, you know, they're now stripping away things that could easily generate them hype. Yeah. And I just feel like the, the video editors over there, like, oh, I can't be fucked editing all these segues and that. Just put the trailers out as they are. <laughs> so- <laughs> just put them out. We're sick of doing it. It's like, how much are we spending on directs, Jerry? It's like, oh, probably about 2000 a direct. Oh, <laughs> poo-poo. Bye-bye, poo-poo. Oh. Oh. We only you know, we do like three or four a year, but poo-poo. should just give us all the information and we can announce it during the show, yeah, during, we, during our podcast. I'll do the directs, guys. <laughs> hey, I'm Bryce. It'll be live show, but we'll do them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll be announcing like the next Zelda game and I'll fucking spill some shit on my soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my road, bro, bro. Oh no, let me just clean this up. Bryce announced the next game. <laughs> Introducing cleanup drink by Robert Pink. I don't know. Robert Pink. Is yes. that the best you could come up with? <laughs> <laughs> Clean your drink by Robert Pink. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's. Uh, Let's end up the show with some uh, Red Coin recommendations. How do you feel about that, Bros? Sure, why not? Well, I'm really pressing the wrong buttons here. I'm sorry. You are fucking terrible. I think we're both we're both <laughs> still wiped out from the weekend. Oh, I feel a bit like that. I'll open the door again. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Right. All right. Yeah, there you go. Do 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 do. All right, Bryce. So the first game. Uh, it's been a very quiet week this week, so I've picked out four games. Oh. And uh, summer for the name alone. Summer because they actually look interesting. Oh, so the first one is called Dark Source, and honestly, I picked it out because of the name Dark Source. Is that A S A U C E or it is? Really? Yeah, it is. I like. Yeah. So Dark Source is a cubicle platform game that delivers everything the true gamer needs: colorful 3D graphics with voxels, challenging levels, memorable NPCs, dungeons, dragons, and valuable loot. Delve dive into the dungeon full of uh, monsters and lethal traps. Uh, mountains of gold will be your reward, but beware, ancient and dangerous dragons uh, relentlessly guard them. So it's just an interesting little uh, cube platformer. doesn't look like anything um, just like amazing. Oxal Blaze platformer. But if you're into Dark Source, it can be yours from $750 Australian. If you're really into soy sauce, you'd be right. I love soy sauce. You're a big soy sauce Dark man? sauce. It is dark sauce. Damn. And this one looks pretty cool. So this one's called Adverse. And Adverse is a first-person shooter platformer in an... Uh, I'd, I'd delay, I'd, oh, God. Uh, in an idyllic uh, universe of corruption. So... Uh, uh, so in which players have to fight through enemies spanning eight unique worlds and 50 different levels. It is the... Uh, latest project from Lone, in the Lone-minded catalogue, uh, keeping true to the brand and being fun. Competitive platformer with in-game leaderboards with with the addition of multi-layered scoring system. So it looks pretty cool. It sort of uh, reminds me of... Um, what's the game called? The EA game. Uh, First-person sort of platformer game. Came out on Xbox 360. EA, first person platform. Oh, it's just exciting my mind. What's it called? Uh, Catalyst. What's it called? 
Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's taken me too long. But look, <laughs> looks pretty cool. It's for $8 on the eShop. And th- this is probably the highlight for me out of them. It looks like a, a Zelda-like game. So, and it is called T- Timothy and the Mysterious Forest. So, Tim... Uh, Timothy, a common child, wants to save his grandfather from certain death. The old man fell ill and is now fighting for his life. Timothy, uh, who loves his grandfather very much, decides to take a risky journey to the infamous mysterious forest. Uh, Legends speak of a magic mushroom able to cure any disease that grows into the forest. Timothy bravely begins his journey to find the magic mushroom. And it looks like, aesthetically, very much like a like Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. looks really cool. So I haven't played it yet, but for eight bucks, um, I'm sure it will be uh, worth the money, hopefully. It's actually something I'm going to add to my wish list and uh, pick up when I have the time for a little uh, retro adventure like that. Yeah. And uh, last, but uh, maybe least, not quite sure. It's called Joe's Diner. In somewhere along the vulnerable Route Zero, in the middle of nowhere, you'll find Joe's Diner. As an employee working the graveyard shift for the next month, uh, your primary task is to keep the tables clean. Unfortunately, there's a rub to it. The old diner was built on the site of a former Indian cemetery. Uh, Amongst the uh, buried, two uh, chiefs are laid to rest while alive. Laid to rest while alive, each could not stand the other. While alive, yeah, okay. That just sounds weird when you read it out loud. Uh, besides your task as a writer, it's up to you to keep uh, keep things calm and not uh, inquire the angry chiefs, uh, Chiefs Raff, uh, to lay them both to the everlasting rest. Just do your duty. Sounds easy, but it's not. Um, so the features are work over 30 nights, night shifts in Joe's Diner, keep things calm, uh, <laughs> Uh, Acrophery. Ah, so fuck, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone, ladies and gentlemen. I, I am gone. Uh, innovative gameplay and premium sound scenery effects. So, very cool. So, go and check out those games in the show notes if you want to go and check them out. All relatively cheap. It's been a very slow week on the eShop. Mm. Had to sort of like look around about mm, maybe that one. <laughs> but definitely the highlight, I reckon, for me would be um, Timothy in the Mysterious Forest. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird picture for Joe's diner. It is <laughs> <laughs> just a chief in the, like a, a skull. Yeah, yeah, like an Indian chief. Mm. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, all right, Bryce. Before I really break down and I cannot speak anymore, we'll end the show. Mm. So everybody, thank you very much for listening to the House of Murray episode one hundred and seventy four. If you enjoy the show, you can follow us on all the podcast services. You can leave us a review on <coughs> said podcast services especially apple Podcasts, definitely helps us out uh reach new audiences if you'd like to see us in video form you can go and check out the youtube channel uh which is linked in the show notes and bryce it's great having you on yeah 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 anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up if you're in australia have a good australia day yeah absolutely great australia day hope you celebrate with um your friends family all Mm. that stuff yeah obviously safely but yeah yeah yeah. Other than that. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So you can find find me on Twitter at Ruby. You can follow the show at The House of Mario. And you can follow Bryce at IV Revan. Uh, this week's Nintendo Jukebox is a bit of a bit of a bit of a different one. So it's a bit of a I guess a celebration of sort of last year's Animal Crossing and uh, Doom 
Eternals sort of a weird friendship as they came out on the same day. <laughs> so this is a bit of a, a music piece celebrating that. So it's a Eternal Horizon, a Doom Crossing Orchorization. It's by Rush Garcia. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's got a bit of metal in there and a bit of sweet Animal Crossing music. A bit of fun times. Yeah, just a bit of a weird mix up. Mm. So guys, until next week, the doors to the house of Mario are closed. Catch you later. Bye-bye.